the thing I tell my clients is to always remember, yes, we want you to strength train. Yes, we're doing this for a purpose, but don't ever lift weights at the expense of your run training. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you run on Monday, lift on Tuesday, run on Wednesday, lift on Thursday, run on Friday, I don't want you to lift or train so hard on Tuesday that your running on Wednesday suffers. Town show, Coach Jack, Coach Josh. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> I, was <laughs> I was like, oh, I was going to wait for you to say Coach Josh, and I'll say Coach Jack. Whoa! Hey, you got my, you got us both. So uh, it's hot here. It's summertime. It's always summertime. Though, That's fair. It is always summertime. People like always oh, getting hot. I'm like, no, it's just getting more humid. Yeah. That's it. That's very true. Um, with the sunshine, that is uh, not new to us, but new is everywhere else in the country for our national viewers. We're going to talk about increased running. Running, like, obviously comes in the summertime, spring, and uh, people start a lot more miles, jump into races, 5Ks, marathons, uh, maybe more if you're really crazy. Personally, I think marathons are crazy, but... Do you think marathons are crazy? I really do. Yeah, there's people who run, like, more than 20 miles, yeah. It's just, it's still <laughs> fast is the thing. Running fast is painful. This is a whole other podcast, though. Today, Jack and I are going to offer some insights and we're going to do our best to be clear and concise. Yes. About strength training. I'm known for my ability to be concise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not. Well, no, I was about to say, I'm the most <laughs> I'm one of those, uh, whenever they, the meme where it's like, my point, <laughs> the story is from here to here, and I'm, woo, woo, woo. It's a good storyteller. Yeah, exactly. You're just really painting the picture for you guys. Yeah. If you just want the answers, tune into Huberman Lab. It's a great podcast. And yeah. He's just... If you want entertainment, though, here we are, <laughs> Wayne and Garth. Uh, we're going to talk about strength training for runners. Yeah. First of all, if I'm a runner, let's just dive in. Like, should I be strength training or should I just be running? Both. Yeah. Should be doing both. Yeah. You shouldn't be just strength training or just running. If you're not going to get any more aerobically fit by lifting, you're not going to get any stronger by just running. By just running. You're right. I think this is a huge, this to me is such an obvious concept, but runners for some reason tend to overlook this. Yeah, I think it's, well, it's specialization. Like, right. I mean, people think, well, the only way to become a faster runner is to run more often and try to run faster, which can definitely get you faster. Yeah. But you're eventually, just like any kind of training like that, you're going to eventually plateau because you're not actually strengthening the smaller muscles, the major muscles, in an isolate, more of an isolating way versus like you're just, treating them, they're going to get stronger in the sense of muscular endurance. Their, mu right. their ability to keep that same contraction going on, all right, is going to be, they're going to improve that, but they're not necessarily going to be improving the higher output, which is sure. how you unconsciously become a faster runner because your muscles can yeah. unconsciously produce more force. And we're also susceptible ourselves to a way higher risk of injury. Yes. Yes. I mean, if you only run, you're just doing the same thing over and over. Like that'd be like a basketball player being like, "I need to get better at shooting, so I'm just going to only shoot free throws. I'm not yeah. going to do any sprints. I'm not going to do any strength training. I'm not going to do any jump training. I'm just going to only shoot every single day." Or a football player tackling every single day. Like your risk of injury is going to go through the roof. Yeah. Same and, action. Same action. There's a reason why there's tennis elbow, golfer's elbow. That's right. All that stuff. So. That's a little very light skim as to why you should be doing some strength training, but let's still go in a little bit deeper um, and address 
some exercises. Uh, and I think like let's at least for the start, let's keep it pretty pretty broad. What we can do for runners um, of any kind. I think whether this is whether you're going to run a f your first 5K or whether you're going to uh, just picking up running. Maybe you're not even trying to do a race. Maybe you're just increasing run mileage for the first time in your life, or maybe you're training for a marathon. What are some general strength and conditioning principles that we can implement for runners? I mean, we're not here to do five by fives and lift the heaviest weight. We're here to be more what I would call like the eight to twelve rep range, borderline strength slash hypertrophy overlap, um, and specifically working on the unilateral movement that is going to be the same position, or not the same exact position, but the same style of movement that you're going to be doing. Right? Yeah. So let's go. Let's start with the rep range. I love that as a start. Like higher rep range, leaning into. Personally, as a coach, I'd rather see you do 15 reps than do three. Yeah. If you're a runner. Yeah. Um, and the thing I tell my clients is to always remember, yes, we want you to strength train. Yes, we're doing this for a purpose. But don't ever lift weights at the expense of your run training. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you run on Monday, lift on Tuesday, run on Wednesday, lift on Thursday, run on Friday. I don't want you to lift or train so hard on Tuesday that your running on Wednesday suffers. We want to bias to the run. Yes, well, because of course that's your baseline, that's still right. your, this is something that we're doing to improve the running, but the running is still the thing that we're doing. It's supplemental. Yeah, it's the supplemental work, like, well, I mean, and even going back to what you said, the shooting is an important part of the basketball game, right? But it's not the only thing you're doing, you have to have the ability to jump and lay up, you have to be able to cover the court back and forth and not get tired after, yes. <laughs> after just three runs back and forth. Some people don't have that, you see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not at a professional level or like a high level, which of course at this point if you're trying to run and you're trying to improve your speed on running, you're obviously, maybe you're not trying to be ranked in the world, but you're still trying to be better than you were before. Right. If you're just there to shoot, then you're just gonna sit on the outside. You're just, yeah. gonna, you're just sitting at the free throw line all the time. Waiting for the rock at the top of the key. I got it guys, I got it. Just, so, just higher rep range, Higher rep range, yeah. And um, basically we're staying away from things like, it's not staying away from, but it's unnecessary to tap into like one rep maxes, three rep maxes. That's or a whole different conversation. Yes. I think one rep maxes are overrated in general. Woo! Yeah, we can talk about that. Okay. We can talk about that. Yeah. So let's say I'm gonna go higher reps. What types of movements? Um, first, let's start with like most, I love training and uh, clickbait. What are like most bang for my buck approach workouts that I, or movements that I could be doing? I think the first one that comes to mind is lunges by far. Okay. Lunges are probably the most important. Yeah, you can get into, I mean, lunges, split squats, step ups are already being kind of underneath this umbrella of unilateral. Unilateral meaning single leg. Yeah, being, yeah, one leg primarily working, right? When we lunge, both legs are working. When we split squat, both legs are working. Step, step ups are the most isolating. Um, but yeah, essentially one leg dominating the movement over the other, the other one being there more for support. But the idea with that is you are strengthening the movement pattern that you're going to be moving. And that's why I like the lunges and uh, split squats specifically, because you're going to be in this strided out position. Um, I do think step ups are going to be super uh, important for somebody who's going to be like running up mountains or large vertical. Yeah. yeah, when there's verti more vertical climb, step ups are going to be a lot more beneficial. Um, <clears throat> those are going to be my number ones. We can talk about core movements as well, where we're focusing on preventing rotation, all right? Well, major rotation. Yeah. Um, and then you can do a one calf raises just to look good. Of course, that's great. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna side in with Jack on this. I think I love lunges. Biggest reason I pick lunges over a step up, 
for a person who has that ability is getting that hip flexor stretch. If you're a runner, you probably have super tight hip flexors. You need to get into that position where you're open up um, and developing that unilateral strength. If that's really painful, we want to work towards that, but yeah, step ups are going to be, or split squats are going to be your best bet there. Next, um, sticking with squat for a second. People are going to like this less, but like if you have mobility, front squat over back squat for me always. Mm -hmm. And there's science backing on why that's a good idea. The easiest way to just be direct with this is that you can get the same kind of muscular response with a lighter load. So we can get your legs and core to stabilize and work work just as hard as they would in a back squat with less stress on your joints and your body and your spine. Yeah. If you don't have the mobility to front squat, goblet squat is going to be a no-brainer. And I think that goblet squat and working right into things like goblet lunges or goblet step-ups um, are a pretty easy blend, which to me takes me to where you just went, which is core. Um, core movements for runners are huge. It's no secret that no matter what you're if you are coming from another sport, this happened to me, you shift into more running, your core is gonna get weaker because we don't use our core to run. You, you're, you end up opening, most people do, and we tax the lower back a little bit, but we don't need a lot of abs to run um, so they can weaken over time. We wanna keep your posture intact. So for me, this is like, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself of building a workout, like goblet squats, goblet lunges, kettlebell swings, and all I need is a kettlebell to do the whole routine. Yeah, simplicity. Yeah, and I think that's really important too, is keeping the structure simple. So before we go too deep though that way, we talked about squatting and the importance of that, unilateral movement, the importance of that. What are some other core exercises that we can utilize? Yeah, I mean, again, anything that's gonna be some form of a distraction, like I, I would love like a pal off rotation or pal off press, something that's teaching your body to be able to fight that natural, like, or not natural, but the side to side motion, because ultimately, the more we can keep our force directly going in one direction, aka forward, the less likely we are to slow down. So you have, for uh, physics terms, vectors, right? And that's when that's just your natural rotation that you have. The more you can resist that, the more you're, for, the force that you're putting through your legs, you're pushing away from the ground, you're striding out, the more you can be Blending in with that versus having to fight those side to side. So imagine, like, if Josh is running, like, I'm trying to pull on his shirt. That would be equivalent to, not necessarily well, not equivalent to, but similar to the same kind of vector that would be happening or pull that would be happening if he's running and he's rotating his torso. So, in, in really lay terms, you're suggesting maybe things like isometric holds versus yep. repetitive reps. So that might be like holding a plank or holding a hollow instead of sit ups. Exactly. Number one that you can do without any equipment, in my opinion, dead bug. Yeah. Dead bugs, dead bugs, dead bugs. It is the most translatable into the actual running position. When done Lying properly. Up. Yes, when done properly. Let's address this. Let's talk about this on the podcast because I feel like I've watched a lot of million coaches and a million athletes do dead bugs poorly. Um, when we're doing a dead bug, try to take me, take me through the dead bug in words. What are we looking okay. at? Okay. Start off lying on your, oh, this is about it. Should I use the NPR voice for this? <laughs> Okay, welcome to lying on your back. No, so you're going to start off lying on your back. My ideal is that your legs are straight, but either way, I need your knees directly over your hips. All right? In some form or fashion. If you're a little bit inflexible and you want your legs straight, uh, you can go a little bit not on top of, but as stacked as we can get is what we want. From here... So it almost looks like you're sitting down and you're laying on your back. Exactly, yeah. So from here, 
our head should be resting back on the ground, holding as much of a neutral spine. Hold it right there, everybody. I want you, everyone to stop the podcast, rewind 15 seconds, listen to that again. Your head is on the ground. Yeah, so you're holding as if you were standing with proper posture, or sitting with proper posture, right? Not, I'm on my keyboard like this. Right, for those who can't see, I had my shoulders rounded, like I was working on my keyboard <laughs> like a bad scientist. Uh, but head is back. I'm actively pulling my chin in towards my throat, personally, just so I can really emphasize that. From there, I'm throwing my shoulders, I'm pushing my shoulders back into the ground, and my abs are engaged, not to hollow out like we would for a hollow hole, a tight hole, things like that. I'm actually working on the same kind of brace that I would want for a back squat, front squat, any kind of lift. I'm feeling that pressure all around my midsection, but specifically, I want to feel that low back being able to press into the ground a lot. Don't overly emphasize that low back pressure. Just think if somebody was going to stick their head on your side trying to get underneath your low back, they would have an extremely hard time and it would really hurt you because it's going to pinch you. This is the other place people go wrong for me. Like I see people jam their head up, like we just talked about. Head, they basically put their chin on their chest, which is wrong. We want to bring that head to a neutral position. Second thing is they tend to either arch their low back off the ground, driving their tailbone and shoulders in, or they drive their low back into the ground so much their tailbone and shoulders come off the ground and they're in the hollow. So we're we're basically looking from your waist, the tailbone, to the top of your head to be in a completely straight line. You want yep. a neutral spinal alignment. Yep. And then from there, holding is good enough. If you can do a re- honestly, if you can hold that position and you just squeeze, create that, I call it artificial tension. Like if, but you can create enough tension within your body just holding that position if you're well acclimated to this movement to still be able to get a really good workout. Like I will do one in front of the class and I will be visibly shaking. Yeah. People laugh, I'm like, but if you're not shaking, you're not doing this. 20 well. seconds is hard. Yeah. If you want to, to make it a little bit more challenging and just to challenge coordination, you can then move opposite arm, opposite leg out and then back in, just making sure that nothing of that neutral spine changes. So everything from the top of the head down to the tailbone is still in the same exact position. Nothing changes. The hip doesn't rotate down or pull up. We keep all that same tension of the low back into the floor. We still feel that same pressure rather. Um, Yeah, I think it's the most important thing is think about the position that you should be in while running. Your hips, you should not be arched. You should not be rounded either. We're wanting to have that completely translated movement from what you're gonna be seeing. If you were to like take the same runner who's like, like as they're running through space, pause them in time where their spine should be. You guys have noticed from your dead bug podcast. Yeah. I didn't know this either, but (laughs) I got real excited to say. So we're going unilateral. We're gonna squat for sure. Yeah. We're gonna work core. We've touched on some great core exercises and maybe not eliminating contraction with the core, but maybe focusing on uh, uh, isometric holds yeah. or stability, like resisting rotation is also a great uh, movement. From there, I think my next suggestion is gonna be really just paying attention to, to the backside. Uh, can we dive into, uh, calves are really, I think, I really do think ignored a little much because if you're running properly, we are taxing the calves. So like now getting a little more specific, but, um, Tempo calf raises yeah. are outstanding for runners. Specifically for tendon health, too. Big time. And from that, going into things like hamstring isolation stuff and glute activation is yeah. really, really big. Um, I think those are areas that are really no-brainers. And then, well, do you have anything to add, I guess, for those things? No, just giving examples for glutes, glute bridges, hip thrusters. Yeah. Wouldn't really say a reverse hyper, but I'm not going to be against it. Either. Sure. Um, 
and plus it's not very accessible to most people to do it well. Same with GHRs, if you have that in your tank already, doing yeah. them's good. I wouldn't try to learn them while I'm running. Yeah, otherwise hamstring curls are going to be great. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's the one other thing I want to touch on is if you are looking to do other things as well, like if you're not just running, it is important to dose yourself probably two times a week with explosive exercises. Something so you don't lose all of your fast twitch muscles. So there's a lot of easy ways to do this. It could be, if you're a CrossFitter, just keep some Olympic weightlifting in. And it doesn't need to be super heavy, but keeping in power cleans, keeping in power snatches. We can forego the squat. We don't need the range of motion. Um, box jumps are really outstanding. Yeah. Keep box jumps in your programming. Stay dynamic. Be able to still occasionally tap into that explosiveness. Um, we don't want to lose that. And having that will help keep you strong and injury preventative in your long running. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Get in the gym. No matter what your race is this summer, there's always value for you guys to be in our classes or another class with an educated trainer and coach. Stay strong. Blend in that strength training and conditioning with your running. Thanks for tuning in, guys.